0: Hello everybody, welcome to the golden anniversary of the first time Jeff and I recorded East West Draftcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, my name is Greg, and Jeff, 50th episode, I'm going to pee all over you. That's exciting. Golden. Golden showers for our golden Stand- anniversary. That's right. Maybe a couple outsiders references, or... <laughs> I don't know who's the guy who wrote that that poem. Robert Frost. Yeah, yeah. So, stay gold. Never mind. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna recite any poetry, but we are gonna talk about magic. Uh, we have a few things to get to today. We have some Avison restored spoilers. I have a single pick card list based upon a pick I had to make in my most recent draft. We're gonna talk about a uh, another new format because. I mean, what would East West DraftCast be without making up a silly format once every three months?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? And uh got one more thing and I wanna get to that first. I wanna open up the mailbag to you, dear listeners. And hopefully, once we get enough uh emails and whatnot, I wanna dedicate at least like uh, hopefully an entire episode, but maybe just like part of an episode to answering reader emails. So if you would like to send us a question, it doesn't have to be about magic. If you want to like know more about us or if you want to ask us like, uh, what's your favorite color? Um, what other, what other questions could they ask Jeff? Uh,
1: they could ask us about the current political race if you would like. Yeah. Um, I'm going to vote for Kodos. I, uh, yeah, I'll go Kang. Kang. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, if
0: you want to send us something, send it into to at gmail.com. And hopefully we'll get enough responses to uh, put together a mailbag episode or at least a mailbag segment. Uh, but with that said, are you ready for some pick card, Jefferson? I am ready. All right. So the caveat to this list is... Is that your first pick was a lingering souls? Ah, I like the caveat. I'll take I'll yeah. take that deck. So this is pick two. All right, uh, pick a card: blood feud or briar pack alpha. Briar pack alpha. That was a pretty snap decision. You, are you just? Do you think blood feud's too slow? Yeah.
1: It's very slow. Uh, double blo- double red. Uh, I don't know. I, I've seen it be just to prey upon too many times.
0: How often does like the double red scare you off of like a six mana <laughs> spell or a, or a five mana? Yeah, spell? I, I, just, I shouldn't even mention
1: ma- that. That's true. It's.
0: Well, I mean, no, I think it does matter a little bit, but at the same time, like, uh, I think it mostly matters because if your first pick was a lingering souls, right, you're definitely right. going to be playing one of those colors, black or white, probably white.
1: Well, I wouldn't say I'm yeah. definitely going to be playing one of those colors, but I. You don't. Well, I mean, the plan
0: is, you I've know, played- like, if you first pick the Lingering Souls, you probably want white or black to be one of your main colors, you probably, right? You
1: probably do, yes.
0: So, but but does the double red and Blood Feud, like, if, let's say, I'm just going to kind of take a quick aside here. Let's say Blood Feud is clearly the best card in the pack, like, <laughs> after you take Lingering Souls, and, you, and you're going to take a Blood Feud, or, I mean, I don't know. Let's say it was like Blood feud versus something really mediocre like uh I don't know. What's a mediocre white card in this set? I would say Midnight <laughs> card, but we all know how much you love that card. I would take the card uh, in a second. I know you would, you know. Okay. So, but I mean that's I mean that's kind of interesting the fact that you would take a 2 3 vigilance over a removal spell? Or uh, yeah, possibly a 2 for 1.
1: Mhm. Okay. Yeah, I mean
0: I don't know. Alright, so Briar Pack Alpha or Fires of Undeath?
1: Fires, fires, fires.
0: Okay. Now if you second pick that card in that situation, is your plan to play red, black, white, black, splashing for the red? Like, do you are are you not committing yet I'm... until like a couple more picks or what's what's your What's your mindset when you take the fires after lingering Souls?
1: Truthfully, my mindset is to play Red-Blue. And be... BV? BV, yeah. No, I'm serious. Uh, Although... Burning Vengeance. Yeah. It's just... I'm at the point of drafting where I'm way more interested in enjoying myself than winning the draft. So... Uh, But also, like... I a red black deck splashing lingering souls is, is totally fine with me, so so that's the is, other
0: option. Would that be your preference over like white black splashing
1: red for the fires? Probably, um, but I can be talked out of it depending on the next pick, obviously. All right, uh, yeah, I
0: just kind of wanted to get like your thought process there mm-hmm. if that if those were your first two opening picks. Yeah. Uh, okay, so fires of undeth or death's caress.
1: I uh, stick with the fires, yeah.
0: And versus Cryptide?
1: Yes, yeah, sticking with the fires. Yeah, I kind of had to feel you like would, but um,
0: <clears throat> excuse me. All right, Fires of Undeath versus Gather the Townsfolk.
1: Yeah, that's where things change. <laughs> um,
0: this this is actually like basically the pick I had to make on. Tuesday, when I drafted this deck.
1: Yeah, I would take the gather. Uh, that, that's what I did. Mean. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, the fact that you start the draft with two token cards is pretty awesome. Uh, the fact that you don't have to jump into a third color is pretty awesome, and the fact that white black fucking loves gather the townsfolk is pretty awesome.
0: Well, I, and the other thing is, is it doesn't. It's, you're still not fully committed to black if you make that. Pick. Absolutely not. Yeah. You could be white. Like every white, other, every other white, green. Yeah. Yeah. Every other card in this list puts you into a second color, no matter what you're planning on doing with the souls. Yeah. So, yeah, that was what that was what fueled my choice. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you where I uh I'm a little bored of the format at this point and I kind of wanted to draft an intangible virtue deck. Hell yeah. And uh, of course, I didn't see any intangible virtues after I drafted like. I don't know, eight, seven or eight token generators, nice. but I you know, just didn't get there. No, no virtues. Did you get uh, uh, a rally of the peasants though. I did not. <sighs> yeah. But I mean, my deck was all right. I, th- I think I ended up going one, two with it though, just cause there was some of the other decks were very good. Mm-hmm.
1: John had a, uh, were all those cards uh, in your pack, by the way? <clears throat> Not all of okay. them. I, I added a couple ones. I was like that's uh, a, a fucking ones. powerful pack you got. There. No,
0: I, but uh, fires were gather was. I'm pretty sure death's caress was, and this last card in the pack, or this last card in the list, I think might have been in there. So, gather the townsfolk or burden of guilt.
1: Gather still, but yeah. I mean, I could I could understand somebody who took burden. I wouldn't like their choice.
0: <laughs>
1: I think that's.
0: A little, it's kind of like a cop out pick to me. Yeah, it's it's like the yes, I'm gonna play white, but no, I don't want to go all in on tokens, or I don't want to go all in on sacrifice deck. You know.
1: The other thing I'll tell you is if um, in this pack as well, I know this card is not in the discussion, but is the discussion for tabling. Um, if Altar of the Lost is in that pack, I will probably take the fires.
0: Interesting. That's the uh, the card that lets you. It's the artifact that taps for mana to play flashback spells. Yeah.
1: Huh. Any deck with that card and like seven plus flashback spells is the most fun you'll have in this format.
0: <laughs> Good to know. All right. So yeah, that's the end of the list. Uh, I it basically came down to fires versus Gather for me in the draft and. I went with uh, what I thought was a little bit more, a little bit safer of a pick, and also the one that set me up for a deck I wanted to draft. Yeah, it, it
1: sets you up for better synergy, and yeah, that's always a good way to go.
0: Okie dokie. Uh, do you want to talk about Randerd first, or do you want to get into the spoilers?
1: Uh, we can do Randerd. Um,
0: Why don't you explain
1: uh, what what this is? All right. First of all, I would like to say. Uh, Mr. Jordan Krejci is the uh, creator of this format. Um, He said that he was inspired in part by our rotisserie league that Greg created. But uh, what Randard is, is um, it's a random standard environment. Uh, That meaning that uh, Jordan randomly picked a core set and then randomly picked six expansion sets, just complete random, not caring if they're big sets, small sets, whatever. And then, um, we are going to have a tournament, uh, at the beginning of June, um, where we bring our decks built out of these sets and we play and the winner will get something. Yeah. That's, that's that. Uh, we are, we are thinking about, um, we're trying to figure out if we need to ban cards right now before uh, we get too into deck building.
0: We definitely need to ban a couple cards. Well, some people disagree
1: with you, but... Yes, some people are wrong. I'm not one of those people. Um, but just to give uh, our listeners a, a little bit of a, a hold on, on what this is, are the sets we're using are 7th Edition, Stronghold, Odyssey, Urza's Legacy, Rise of the Eldrazi, Eventide, and Invasion. Yeah. A lot of old and a lot, well not a lot of new, uh, not a lot of new, (laughs) a lot of old and Rise of the Eldrazi and Eventide.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and there's not a whole lot of synergy or like built-in card interactions between Eventide and Rise as far as like the new set goes but there are a fair amount between like stronghold and legacy or Earth's legacy also between invasion and odyssey and a little bit between legacy and invasion. Yeah. Like there are a couple decks that existed back in the day that kind of came out of those.
1: Well, in, invasion odyssey was, uh, they, those are two large sets right next to each other. Um, yeah. So they, they, they had a real standard, standard yeah. environment that was based off those two large sets. So you can actually build some really broken decks. I mean, you're missing a lot of pieces. You just have to fill them in with other things. But, right. um, yeah, there's some... Luckily, there are there was some bannings five, five other that, sets. There were some bannings that actually happened during that. So.
0: Yeah, well, as well between Legacy and Stronghold. Like, that's the, yep. that's the Memory Jar <laughs> and Megrim deck right there. yes. Magram from Stronghold, Neverjar Jar from Urza's ben- Legacy. Magram
1: is actually also in seventh edition.
0: Oh great! So now I can play eight copies. No, you can't.
1: Aww, we decided. We decided that you can only play four. <laughs> it's
0: funny. It's funny to me that we have. Uh, there's a fair number of kind of cards that I assumed would be in the pool, almost regardless of what sets got chosen. Like I kind of figured we'd have Dark Ritual, but. An op- it doesn't doesn't appear in any of these sets.
1: Yeah, it's in it's in Tempest and it's in uh, Urza's Saga, but we got the two sets immediately after that. Well, it's
0: also in a lot of the core sets from back in the day, but it's not in
1: seven. Was it in a lot of the core? I didn't realize that. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, or at least it was. It was definitely in it up to fifth or sixth. I can't remember which, but okay. anyway. Yes, yeah. but yeah. So Mem- memory jar needs to get banned. Dream halls needs to get banned. After that, like. I don't really care, but those two cards need to
1: go. I would like.
0: Uh, I think Grim Monolith probably should too, just because fast mana is kind of stupid. But
1: yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I I voted for what did I vote for? I voted for Memory Jar, Dream Hall's Grim Monolith, Upheaval, and Mox Diamond to be banned.
0: Do you really think Upheaval is that powerful? I mean, it's definitely a very good card. I
1: shouldn't I shouldn't question whether it's powerful or not, but. Do you think it's ban you think it's ban worthy? I I don't see why not. I I mean the thing is is the reason I put that card on the list is that if we're banning these like broken combo cards, why not ban that broken combo card? I don't know. It just seems like we might as well ban the most powerful combos if we're if we're just going for it. I mean, it's not as powerful as memory jar dream halls, but yeah, I think that's
0: that's the thing for me is I don't feel it's on the same power level as those other cards. Right. I mean, but it is it is very good.
1: I'm going to tell you I I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised in the least if I showed up with an upheaval deck uh, if it doesn't get banned. But unless memory jar doesn't get banned. <laughs> yeah. Then memory jar will be in my deck, I guarantee it. But I don't know, just
0: kind of wanted to throw out the uh, the rendered Idea to the listeners, in case anybody else wants to jump on this uh, this plan and maybe try to do this with uh, some of their own play group.
1: Yeah, it's it's so far it's uh it's a lot of arguing right now, but uh, I think once we settle on a ban list, it'll be pretty awesome to brew up all these decks. Um, and it's gonna be it's it's like a real you it's really overwhelming when you sit down and think like okay, I need to build like 12 decks. <laughs> and they have to and I have to play them against each other and see what happens. Like it's just yeah, and then you got to tweak the ones you decide are the most powerful and figure out yeah, it's going to be a process that uh I'm looking forward to.
0: Have you thought about trying to show up with like one really stupid deck like like a really weird combo?
1: No. Like, Coalition Victory is in this format? (laughs) Me and Spencer were talking about... Because when I was telling him about how uh, Memory Jar should probably be banned, we were talking about that, and he was like, what are you going to use it for? There's no, like, I don't know. He's just saying, like, what combo are you going to use? And I was like, well, just lets you draw through your entire deck. And he's like, well... and, And then I was like, you could draw into a fucking Dream Halls he's like, what are you going to use Dream Halls for? I guess you could play Coalition Victory. And then he starts building the deck, and he's like, oh, man, maybe this is going to be good enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the trouble with Coalition Victory is that you have to have a lance. Like, it's not that hard to get the five-color creature, I think. Oh, how yeah. Because a Tog-A-Tog and Sliver Queen are both in this format. Yeah. But you, then you need, like, infinite rampant growths so that you make sure you have a plains and a forest and an island and a mountain and a swamp. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, these things are
0: there are probably more broken things you could be doing with dream halls but that said like you're right isn't that like a deck that we that you could consider trying to build I mean I don't know if it'd be any good
1: but it could probably kill on like turn six would be my guess yeah yeah I could see that happening uh, that's not that fast for a combo deck so I'm not afraid of that but
0: but but in this format where there aren't a whole lot of inherent built-in synergies, like, that might be good enough. Especially if you have some permission to go with it.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that if... Depending on what we ban, uh, if if we don't ban Memory Jar, I think you can kill somebody faster than that.
0: But Yeah. So, but I mean, there are some other... <laughs> Other stupid decks, Battle of Wits. Do you think someone's going to show up with the Battle of Wits deck? Uh,
1: apparently, John Lalamon thinks that it's banable, so maybe he will. I what banable? He said that. He says uh, Battle of Wits is banable. Are there? There's no way we can ban Battle of Wits. Are there any enchantment tutors? As, nope. As, I don't think there are. There are not. Yeah, he's yeah. There's there's no way Battle of Wits is banable. But. Uh, it's, it's... It'd be sweet if somebody showed up with it. I would. I would. Did you think they were pretty awesome? Did you see the
0: uh, the green "You Win the Game" enchantment uh, when you were looking through the cards? I can't remember what it's called. It's like Tower of something, or it's basically the one where like it's a it's an enchantment with shroud, oh, and Helix you have Pinnacle. to Helix Pinnacle. Yeah. yeah, I want to build a Helix Pinnacle deck so bad.
1: You know, if you can make a uh... If you can make infinite mana... Okay, if if you can make... I guess if you can make infinite mana... It just says once it has 100, you just win?
0: I think so. Okay. Once, once this enchantment has 100, like, charge counters on it, yeah. or whatever, if you, can make you, infinite, you win the game. It can,
1: if you can make infinite, maybe that's the way to go. But if you can just make a lot of mana, I'm going to take a guess and say Emrakul is the way to go.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but... But,
1: yeah. We'll, we'll see.
0: I was thinking about trying to brew that deck, but that might be a little too ambitious. A little too...
1: Yeah, a little too silly. Like, just... Uh, Unnecessary. But... I don't know. If Memory Jar is in the format, though, I... I would put $1,000 on the fact that Combo will win the tournament. Like, there's... I am 100% sure that there's no way that a control or an aggro deck can win the tournament if Memory Jar is in the format.
0: Yeah, I'm not as confident in that as you because I think that there are a lot of good control options
1: with the sets that we have. There are. Like, Counterspell is legal. But how (laughs) how is control going to kill? Control is going to kill with a combo, is my guess. Well, right.
0: I mean, it'll be a... I mean, that's what the... There won't be any like fast combo decks. There won't be a dredge. There won't be like a turn one memory jar kill. Oh, but there will be. No. But there will be like a. Uh, I'm gonna build up my my hand and my board, and then I'm gonna go off with my with a memory jar. while I still have counterspell backup? Like that's the deck that's gonna win. Yeah, mostly. And I'd I'd consider that a control deck.
1: Okay. More than well, a, I, more than I guess a, I consider that a combo. So.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it wins with the combo, but it's like you have to survive the early game, and that's where I think it's either going to come down to like an aggro deck or one of those. Which is control- why we
1: should not ban Vengevine.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, but man, I don't, I don't think Vengevine's fast enough either, like to deal with a Nimrod Jar deck. No, I don't
1: think so either. I could be wrong. But banning a, one of the few powerful haste creatures for aggro. Seems a little silly. I know that they're afraid of a combo with Vengevine, and I'm fine. If they want to ban Entomb and Buried Alive, feel free, because there's no good Reanimator targets, so I'm not gonna bother on Reanimator. So they can they can ban those all they want. Just don't, yeah. just don't ban a Vengevine.
0: Come on. Yeah, that that card shouldn't be banned. Anyway, uh, let's move on to some spoilers. What do you say? Let's do it. So, Avicii restored. Pre-releases are in like two weeks.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna miss mine.
0: I'm gonna miss mine too. I, I was, I was like telling myself I gotta go this year. I'm uh, or this, this set. Like I haven't been to one. I don't think. I think I've missed the last two pre-releases. Yeah. Which kind of sucks. But then I looked at my calendars. Like I'm just not gonna be able to go. So I'm actually entertaining the thought of doing a Friday midnight release, which I've also never done before. I've done. I uh, don't recommend it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. we'll see. I really want to play in the pre-release. I just don't think I could pull it off.
1: Yeah. But uh, those Friday release midnight. I guess depends on how many people you get. But the one I was in, um, I I dropped after round three because the uh, they they planned out the rounds and it was going to end at 10 a.m.
0: Oh my God! Really? Yeah.
1: And so I was like, you know what? Because they were doing a cut to top eight and like just. They were doing like a real oh, tournament, yeah. Ugh.
0: That's that's rough. Yeah.
1: It was it was rough. I showed up thinking it'd just be a four round tournament. That's usually what the pre releases here are like. Yeah, that's not how they do it at Armada. They do cut to top eight, which is cool. Like That is kind of cool. It's just not for a midnight release. No, <laughs> but it's nice that they get to draft it at the end, it's cool.
0: Yeah. I'm all for more drafting and pre-releases. You basically never get to do that. It's always like sealed or team sealed or two-headed giant.
1: Yeah, Armada also does drafts all day. Like they're they're pretty awesome in terms of pre-releases, but the midnight one I'll never do again.
0: <laughs> all right, good to know. Uh, so how do you want how do you want to do this? You want to jump into just top to bottom, start with white. And top to bottom, start with white. We're looking at the. Uh, mtg salvation spoiler right now yes and most of these cards that have been spoiled i think have been like they're official spoilers like you can click a link to see a photo of the card and whatnot so there isn't a whole lot of speculation here which is nice like we're not going to talk about a card that doesn't actually exist right i don't think right uh with that said we are going to talk about a lot of rares and mythics here because those are the cards that tend to get spoiled first but there are some commons and uncommons, and we'll try to pay special attention to those mm-hmm. just for the purposes of limited. Mm-hmm. But what's uh, you want to just start card one, Angel of Jubilation? Let's do it. Uh, crazy bomb and limited. <laughs> She's an angel. She costs one and three white. It's uh, a rare. She has flying other non-black creatures you control get plus one, plus one. And she has another static ability that says players can't pay life or sacrifice creatures to cast spells or activate abilities. Yeah,
1: I'm going to take a guess and say that that won't be that prevalent in the limited format.
0: If if probably the sacrifice creatures thing would be more. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah, we'll see. Interesting. We'll see. But uh, yeah, maybe there's some demons that are sacrificing creatures to come out and deploy and stuff.
0: But it is a 3-3 three, three flyer for 4 that gives all of your non-black creatures plus 1, plus 1. That
1: yeah. is pretty spicy. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. Uh, maybe cube-worthy, in my triple, opinion. Triple white is pretty rough, Yeah, though. it is really... Like, that's the thing that, like, really stops me from saying actually cube-worthy. It's like, you'd probably just rather have a hero blade hold at that point.
0: But, Would this be better if it costs 3 and three colorless and 2 white?
1: Better? Uh, may- yeah. maybe. Yeah, maybe. Just, just the triple just white. Cost, the triple white might yeah. make it cost six mana, actually.
0: So <laughs> that's so brutal. Yeah. But I, at least I guess you get to cast something else on that turn if you I want mean, to. It really
1: feels like this set is going to be like the white set, though. Like it's the angel set, right? So.
0: God, Innistrad was already the white set or the white block. Yeah. Like white is so good. Innistrad limited.
1: It's part of the same block, so.
0: Yeah. I keep going with that. It definitely seems like they are slowing the format down. And by it's not I'm, when I say format, I mean this Avacyn Restored format, based upon the cards that have been spoiled so far, looks slower than what we're currently playing in Estrada Dark Ascension.
1: Possibly, yeah. Uh, and with that in mind, there's an 8-mana angel <laughs> <laughs> next on the list. Avacyn herself, 8-mana, uh, eight 8-8, eight, eight, Flying Vigilance, Avacyn Angel of Hope, and other permanents you control are indestructible.
0: Um, so this is this card is really just going to depend upon how fast the format is, right? Whether it's good for limited or not. Yeah,
1: it has to be really slow. Uh, Rise of the Eldrazi style to be, but to be good.
0: That said, if you stick her I mean, can you lose?
1: <laughs> if she's I mean, the only creature I, you have, yeah, you can lose. Uh, I
0: mean, you can you can definitely lose with this card, but this card is once it hits the battlefield, is
1: very good. Yeah, me, me and Spencer had a discussion about um, is is this a cube worthy card like for Reanimator?
0: Oh, uh, see, yeah, I mean that's a good question. Just because it doesn't have haste, I mean it gives your other creatures indestructibility.
1: Well, that. That matters less but if you're reanimating. I know,
0: exactly, because in Reanimator all you really want to do is stick one big but, game winner. But she's the only
1: in. creature this big that you can actually reanimate that is indestructible. Like like Ulamog and, and Blightsteel Colossus and stuff, you can't reanimate those, they don't go to the graveyard. So, like, she's the only one that is indestructible that is huge flying. and flying, and Vigilance is not a bat, like, it's it's nothing like... It's, it's really good in, in terms of uh, reanimation target because being able to attack and block is great. Although I wouldn't you rather go ahead. Wouldn't you rather just have a chroma? I don't think so. Uh, the, Do the other it? thing is a chroma is a kind of a non-bow in reanimator decks in the cube because it can't be enchanted by black enchantments, and uh, that's fair. A lot of the reanimation is black enchantments. Huh. Um truthfully i don't think a chroma is good enough for the cube uh but i don't i also don't want to take it out because it's a chroma (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just
0: the cube is kind of that's i think one of the main problems with designing a cube is cards you like versus cards that belong yeah Uh,
1: it's it's a lot of uh like oh like i love to play cube because it's so nostalgic but i also love to play cube because it's so powerful and yeah you have to figure out like what you care more about <laughs> and just leaving one card in that that's fine I mean a chroma's fine it'll get played in some- like sometimes all your reanimator targets will be like exhum and reanimate and stuff like that where you can you can hit a chroma and you won't care, and it'll be it'll be a fine target um but yeah, I mean if if I'm reanimating something, I probably would rather have a chroma uh although she does die to all white removal um but most. Avison I probably say, say that does all white removal too.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like Pro Red, Pro Black is almost as good as indestructibility. Yeah, and she has haste. She does.
1: Uh, I would, I would rather have Sphinx of the Steelwind than both of those. But
0: okay, yeah, that's fair too. Yeah.
1: Life, life uh, link goes a long way in Reanimator.
0: But let's move on to the first uncommon on the spoiler.
1: Yeah, real card that we might see.
0: This one's called Banishing Stroke. It costs five colorless and a white. It's an instant, and it says, put target artifact, creature, or enchantment on the bottom of its owner's library. Now, that may not look like much on the surface, being that it costs six mana, but it has Miracle, which is uh, the first keyword we're going to get to today. Uh, And If you haven't seen the spoiler... Miracle is, it's Miracle plus a mana cost, and it says you may cast this card for its Miracle cost when you draw it, if it's the first card you drew this turn. So, basically rewarding you for top-decking certain spells. Mm -hmm. This one costs one white. Yeah, one one white in it's Miracle. So, like, if you draw your card for the turn, you don't put it into your hand, and you be like, oh, it's a Miracle card, I'm going to show it to my opponent, pay the miracle cost, and just cast it right now.
1: Yeah. So how good is this card? Again, depends on how fast the format is. Uh, but it seems good. It's it's uh, kill anything, essentially. Yeah, any permanent, just put it... I mean, even at six mana, you probably play the first copy oh, of those yeah. white Oh, yeah, I would assume. Like, as long as it's not fast, or not too fast... Yeah, six mana to six mana to vindicate, essentially, is f- just f- fine with me. Yeah. I mean it doesn't hit planeswalkers, but But if and if you get to
0: hit the miracle, like then you're just that's pretty awesome. Sure, yeah. It's a
1: very big what, tempo swing. What do you think about Miracle in general? I think it'll be fun to play with uh I think that it might might be bad for constructed, but probably not. I mean, it's probably just the only, uh, you know, the big card everyone talks about is the the time walk. Um, and I I could understand why it's probably not great for Legacy, just because brainstorm is like such an important card for that format. In in every yeah. blue deck, it's like, well, now a lot of people are going to be time walking, and and maybe that's fine. Maybe that's like on power level for to Legacy, but probably not. It's probably too good. But whatever. I mean, I don't really care, because I don't play Legacy. <laughs> I'm just excited to play with it in Draft. I think it's it'll be great for Draft. I think it'll be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, see, I'm not as sold as you are. This reminds me a lot of Clash, where like it it feels a little too random. Like, like you draw the card and then just because you drew it, like, you get to cast it for cheaper? I don't know.
1: I think that... I mean, to say that it's random is kind of silly. Uh, Every card you draw is random.
0: Sure, but, like... Actually, you know what? The more I think about it, it's not that bad in the sense that if these cards aren't in your opening hand, you can almost treat them as if they cost... Their miracle cost all the time. Pretty much. I mean I'm Assu- assuming you don't miss the trigger and just like draw your card for the turn, put it in your hand, and then face palm because you realize it was a miracle cost. Which card. will happen a lot. Yeah, so I mean I I mean there's a there's a just the tip waiting to happen. <laughs> in take a look Story, at your
1: card you, that you drew before. Yeah, putting keep,
0: it in your hand. yeah, do the do that trick where you take the card, like you set it down face down on the table as you draw, and then like pick it up and and understand what it is. It's kinda like playing with Delver of Secrets, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to keep it separate from your hand so that it's clear that you just drew that card and that you're gonna play it for its miracle cost. Yeah. It, the other weird thing about it is that you have to play it in your draw step. hmm I don't really know Well actually
1: no, you don't have to play it in your draw step. You just have you uh, can play it that turn. So you just have to reveal it in your draw step and then you can play it whenever in that turn.
0: No, no. It says you may cast this card for its miracle cost when you draw it. Oh. So you have to do it during your draw step.
1: Oh, you're right. Okay.
0: So all these cards you have to play pre-combat, which is kind of interesting. Uh, that's not always a positive. Right. Uh, or, or like a card like this, Vanishing Stroke, Like you might be able to get the most value out of it by using it on your opponent's end step, but you can't miracle it that way unless you like know what's on the top of your library and you think twice on your opponent's end
1: step. Totally. Uh, yeah, it's very funny. Uh, on a Magic TV, LSV was talking about how he's wondering what happens with Desperate Ravings in that, um, so you draw the two on your opponent's turn. The first one you draw is the one that matters, and so he'll show it if it's the Miracle card, put it in their hand, and then you discard randomly. But what if you have you have that card in your hand already, and then you discard one of those... How do you know which one, like, if that was the one you revealed or if that was the one that was already in your hand?
0: Yeah. Do you have to resolve the Desperate Ravings before you get to pay the miracle cost? I think
1: you do because it's it happens all simultaneous, right? Like. Well,
0: well, the, the thing to say here is that that would only happen on your opponent's turn or during your own upkeep. Right, right. Because it has to be, a miracle can only be played if it's the first card you drew for that turn. Right. But, yeah, that's a weird interaction. I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't, did, did you see any ruling, like, in the comments no, of that Magic TV or anything? I did not. I, All right. I'm going to have to look into that. Um, but, yeah, that said, like, this card seems very good, especially because, yeah, if unless it's in your opening hand, you should be able to pay its miracle cost. Like, the worst-case scenario is that, like, you're playing, a, a, for instance, you're playing a white-blue deck. First turn, you play an island. Second turn, you drop Banishing Stroke, and you can't use it right away. Right, right. I mean, but even then, like, you're not going to be targeting... It, it's right. pretty unlikely your opponent will have an artifact, creature, or an enchantment on the on the battlefield. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's the thing, so, a lot of these, these uh, miracle cards, like, if you top-deck it at the end of the game, it's like, you probably could have cast it for its regular mana cost anyway, and you probably have no cards in your hand to cast, so it's, like, not that big a deal. You know? Like, it's just cool that you get to play it.
0: Yeah, it's this one's really good on like turn
1: five. Yeah, though. Yeah, like if you
0: draw that on turn five, like that's a big tempo swing. Four or four, I mean. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, I think those are those are the golden turns for this card. Sure. <laughs> the gold, the fiftieth anniversary, <laughs> the golden turn. Yeah. All right. Next card.
0: Can we can we talk about how the first anniversary is the paper or cotton anniversary? I mean, I, I, I just looked that up before the show. That was mind-boggling to yeah, me.
1: Yeah, the the year after uh, I get married, I'm given my significant other uh, magic cards, paper anniversary. A sweet,
0: the sweet paper airplane. <laughs> For sure. All right. Uh, do you wanna? Let's move on.
1: All right. Cathar's Crusade, uh, three colors, two white. Whenever a cre- It's an enchantment. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. Probably too slow, but... Yeah, is this card good? Probably not. I, I'm going to say no, uh, but we don't know the set, so probably just move on. <laughs> it seems like a trap just because
0: if you play this on turn five, you're likely going to have most of your creatures in limited on the battlefield already. Yeah. Which is, which is I mean fine. I guess yeah. which is fine once you draw and can cast another creature, but it doesn't do anything the turn you play it and for 5 mana that's kind of rough.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of uh, the curse, the the red curse that puts plus 1 gives the each creature you have like the vampire ability. Curse of stock prey. Stock prey. Yeah, it reminds me of that.
0: I think this card's better than that. Probably but...
1: probably, but it just seems like a similar idea like oh, all my creatures get bigger. Oh, but really like it's like too much work
0: you gotta work you gotta work too hard yeah. to make it happen All right. let's move on to cloud shift which is the first common we're we're getting to it's a white instant for one white mana it says exile target creature you control then return it to the battlefield under your control so it's a it's a blink effect
1: mm-hmm.
0: and there are more of these as we go through the spoiler so there seems to be like kind of a little Blinking Matters sub-theme
1: going on? I'm really excited about this. Uh, Why? My favorite cards of all time are cards that do things when they enter the battlefield. Uh, (laughs) I mean, my my favorite deck to draft in cube is recurring Nightmare, like, Value Town. Like, just (laughs) Necrotals and Eternal Witnesses and just, like, just the most incremental value you could ever get off cards. I love it. It's so good. And... This just makes me excited to see the cards that, that do these things. Like, they come into the play and do cool things. Man,
0: that was one thing I... That was one of the first cards I searched for when we looked up Rendered was what set Recurring Nightmare was in. Not one of these sets. Not one of ours. But, man, that's a card I would have voted to ban as well. But just because that card is a little too good. It's fun, though. It is fun. It's it's awesome to play. It's miserable to play against. Yeah. yeah. So... I don't know, but yeah, let's talk about Cloud Shift. This is interesting. Like, despite, I mean, there are a lot of... There There are other blink effects that you can see on the spoiler, but how many ETB triggers have are there? Like, have you, have you noticed that?
1: The next card is an ETB trigger, but actually not a good one, so...
0: I guess Cathar's Crusade kind of is, whenever a creature totally. enters the battlefield control, like...
1: Yeah, maybe that's also- something to think about with that card, is that... If there's a bunch of these blink effects, like, maybe Cathar's Crusade becomes better. I don't know.
0: So, yeah, this is another one that's kind of format-dependent. We're not quite there yet as far as, like, how many cards have been spoiled, but if there are a lot of into the battlefield triggers, particularly in white, this card definitely goes up the pick order. Yep. It'll be... I mean, it can protect guys from removal. Like, it seems like it's just a fine trick. Like, momentary blink was always good, Mm -hmm. but that was mostly good because you got to do it twice. Yes, you did. But, like, I don't know if you... It'll be interesting to see if it's worth getting that effect for one one mana, one card, and that's it.
1: I'm going to say that... I, I'm going to really hope that it is, and I'm going to really hope to draft that deck, because, God, do I love it. Yeah, uh, I mean,
0: it's... I mean, what we kind of compare it to something like Undying Evil, right? Kind of, yeah. Like, someone points a removal spell at your dude, and you'd be and like... Get it back? Nah, yeah, I'm going to blink it. And it's like... Same, same as Undying Evil, like you get any end of the battlefield triggers. So yeah, Undying Evil
1: probably a little bit better, but maybe not. I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, the creature comes back bigger with Undying Evil, right? And you also get any like graveyard effects, like if you had a Rage Store or anything. But right. I don't know. Um,
1: next card, Emancipation Angel. Uh, this is an uncommon. It's uh, one colorless, two white, uh, for an angel. It's uh, three, three flying, for three mana. Uh, when it comes into play. Uh, you return a permanent, you control to its owner's hand. This is very akin to um, what was it, Zendikar? Silver Lion. I was thinking the Zendikar. The 2-3-4-2.
0: Core
1: Skyfisher. It reminds me of that a lot. I mean, obviously, it's, it's just one power more and one mana more. Uh, but, uh, again, this is, just goes to say, like, hey, cards will get a bonus for coming into play, because you know, this card will be a bonus in some decks when you return the permanent that has an enter to the battlefield trigger, you know? Yeah. Um,
0: and this is this is a card that slows you down as well if you don't, like, because you have to return something back to your hand. Right. Whether it's, a land. it's either, like, stunts your mana development because you return a land to your hand, or it stunts your board development because you return a creature to your hand.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take and, a guess <laughs> and say that's okay, though, because you're getting a
0: 3-3 flyer I, out of it. For sure, there's definitely, you can get value off of that. I'm just saying, like, it, this might speak to the speed of the format a little bit. Yes. If this is a card that, I mean, I, I have a feeling this card's going to be good. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I can't say that with certainty, but a 3-3 flyer for three, even with a drawback, is... My
1: first response is that I will probably be okay first picking this most of the time. Yeah.
0: Especially because if you first pick it, you can kind of go in knowing you want to abuse that return to permanent mm-hmm. clause. Mm-hmm. I mean the Skyfisher was the same way. Yep. So Yep. Card seems good. Uh Herald of War is another angel. Whoa, lots of angels. It's three colorless and two white. It's a rare. Uh it's a three three flyer. And when Herald of War attacks, put a plus one plus one counter on it. And angels and angel spells and human spells you cast cost one colorless less for each plus one plus one counter on Herald of War. Mm-hmm. So I, this is another rare where I don't think you care about the second clause as much as you care about the when Herald of War attacks. For sure, yeah. It's pretty good. I think it's uh, slightly, maybe slightly
1: better than an Air Elemental. It's.
0: I think it's definitely better than an Air Elemental. I mean, you, it attacks with the same power and toughness. I guess you're right. Like, when, on the second turn, like it's a four, four when you attack with it for the first that's time. Right, that's right. I was thinking it would be a three, it's, three. Yeah, you're right. It's a little, I mean, it's definitely open to more removal that turn. You pass back to your opponent. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, in the, the cost reduction is kind of just gravy on a,
1: on an air elemental, you know, yep. I think, I mean, so. it's, it's probably an easy first pick, but uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. That's how a lot of rares are. Yeah. So, how about Restoration Angel? Yeah, we got uh, three colorless and one white for a 3-4 Flash Flying. That's sweet. Uh, when it, flash Flying. When it enters the battlefield, you may exile target non-angel creature you control, then return that creature to the battlefield under your control. Another blink effect. Uh, and four mana, 3-4 Flash Flying. Boy, this that is This card is, is nuts. awesome. Yeah.
0: <laughs> This card is going to lead to some blowouts in combat. Just crazy good. I, I. Where like you blink one of your tapped guys, it comes back untapped, and then you have a three-four flying blocker and another blocker that your opponent thought was untapped, and it's hard to play around because it's a rare. It only costs a single white mana. Like this card is really good. Yeah,
1: crazy good. I'm. Yeah. It's pretty. Pretty. I I think like it feels a little bit like pushing the limit for 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 draft here. Like, maybe they've made it too good. But, I don't know.
0: Again, it'll kind of depend on the rest of the format, but yeah. this card seems awesome, and I there isn't much that would... Like...
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just look at it, like, the card, the Nefalia Sea Kite, same mana cost. It has Flash and Flying. It's one toughness smaller, one power smaller, and it does not have a bonus. Like, that's just yeah. so much better. I mean... The Sea Kite was a common, so like it's hard to. Well, you,
0: but. would you say that this card is strictly better than Sea kite? Yes, obviously it is. Strictly gooder. Strictly gooder. Uh, yeah, I think you're gonna play that every time. You, you might even splash for that card. Yeah. It's it seems awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, card you will not splash for is the last white card on the spoiler as of today. Uh, Silver Blade Paladin. It costs one colorless and two white. It's a two-two human knight. It has soulbound, soul which is soul bond. Okay, which is the second keyword that we've seen so far. Uh, basically, they tried to make banding happen. Kinda. So Sol- soul bond says, you may pair this creature with another unpaired creature when either enters the battlefield. They remain paired for as long as you control both of them. And he has a second line of rules text that says, as long as Silverblade Paladin is paired with another creature, both creatures have double strike. Yep. So either you have another creature on the battlefield that is unpaired, you play the Silverblade Paladin and you say, okay, I'm going to pair these guys. Now they're both double strikers. Or let's say you have the Silverblade Paladin and play unpaired and another you, you play another creature and you say, okay, I'm going to pair these two. Like Mm -hmm. that's pretty sweet. Oh yeah. Uh, I like, I like that. It gives you the option. It's not just when you cast the paladin. It's if the paladin's in play and and it's unpaired, you can pair it with anything else you play. So you don't have to worry about like the sequencing of casting your creatures. Like you don't have to mess up your mana curve. To, to make this work?
1: Yeah, this guy's really good. Uh, double Strike is always really good. The fact that you can give any creature you control Double Strike is crazy. Like, just give your biggest dude Double Strike. Holy crap, like, now it's gigantic. Well, it,
0: but it's like, it's also interesting. It's like an enchantment in the sense where they kill the paladin and that creature would lose Double Strike. Yeah, and then... Or if there was an instant that says, like, unpair two paired creatures oh, or something. That'd be
1: interesting, yeah. Um i don't like this mechanic uh why why not simply for the sake of like say there are multiple soul bond guys in play on your side it's going to get really weird like it's like That's why you didn't like halfplicator yes yeah, similar yeah it's just like uh, these guys are paired and these guys are paired well how do i like denote that like okay well i'll put counters on both well now they all just have counters on them well i guess i think
0: i think you kind of maybe just stack the creatures
1: okay yeah, I guess so. I didn't think about actually making them like look like enchantments. But then you're like, I don't know. I, I just thought that it, it felt like, the first time I read it, I'm like, that seems really clunky. But, I don't know. Yeah,
0: that definitely seems to be a problem you have with this, like, that type of effect in the first place. So I can understand that. But I, I think it's alright. I think you're just going to kind of stack them on top of each other, next to each other, when you, when you play them. It'll be clear, I
1: think. Standing styles.
0: Yeah. I I like it because it lets them print like relevant abilities on small dirtily creatures. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna get to one in blue, like the one one flyer for one with soul bond. Like that's pretty sweet.
1: Yeah. Uh, the other thing that's cool is uh, all these blink effects go well with soul bond.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's cool because you can like you can switch who they're paired mm-hmm. with. So. But yeah, once something's paired, you can't pair it with something else. Right,
1: you can't have two two pairs on one creature.
0: So there's no, like, you can't Voltron up a bunch of creatures into one, like, super band. Yeah. But that's pretty cool. Let's move on to blue.
1: Let's do it. Uh, arcane Melee, four colorless and a blue for an enchantment. Instant and sorcery spells cost two less to cast. Ob- Let's just move yeah, on. Yeah, obvious combo Johnny card for Constructed. Alright. Common. Ghostly Flicker two colorless and a blue for an instant, exile two artifacts, creatures, and or lands you control, then return those cards to the battlefield under your control.
0: It's a double blink!
1: Yeah, it's just, there's so much blink, it's gotta be so important to the set, I'm expecting some more stuff besides just soul bond, but it's... It's it's always you control, though, which is interesting, so... Right, it's gotta be beneficial stuff, right?
0: Yeah, or, I mean, what I was thinking is, you can't really, like, You can't punish your opponents for playing, like, creature enchantments by blinking their guys, Mm -hmm. you know? But you can punish yourself. (laughs) So, like, if you put something like a Spectral Flight on your guy and then you want to blink it, like, it's going to come back without that enchantment. Which kind of sucks, but at the same time, you probably weren't playing many creature enchantments in the first place. Right,
1: that's probably not a big deal. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing we said about the white card. Depends on the format. S- if this is going to be good but this does two yeah. for one so it might be just even better i don't know
0: yeah latch seeker uh it's an uncommon it's a spirit it costs one colorless and two blue he's three power one toughness latch seeker is unblockable a 3/1 unblockable for 3
1: probably good
0: <laughs> yeah i mean like when is that
1: not being yeah good? it's going to be good i mean it'll be
0: it's it's do- it's double blue which is kind of a bitch
1: but Whatever. Yeah, three power. Like the the comparison is like Cloud Spirit, um, three one can't block flyers, but it's a flyer. Or, no, no, it can only block flyers, but it's a flyer itself. Yeah. Uh, I think this is probably just better, except the mana cost is worse, so
0: I guess. And he can block, which is kind of nice. Like if it gets to the point where you need to trade with a three toughness guy from your opponent, like, yeah. <laughs> That's relevant. Like a lot of times, they make these unblockable guys not able to block mm-hmm. or not able to block non flyers, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really excited this guy doesn't have Shroud or.
1: Hexproof. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, no hex proof is awesome on this card. <laughs> I think that they probably won't make another one of those again. But How
0: about this first Planeswalker on the list?
1: I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about it.
0: Tamiyo the Moon Sage. It's uh, three colors and two blue for Planeswalker. Uh, First ability is plus one. Tap target permanent. It doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. Second ability is minus two. Draw a card for each tapped creature target player controls. The last ability is minus eight. You have an emblem with you have no maximum hand size, and whenever a card is put into your graveyard from anywhere, you may return it to your hand. Your starting loyalty is four.
1: Not much to say. It's a Planeswalker. It's going to be good.
0: Yeah. The one thing I have to say is totally aesthetic, but the art is sweet, but it looks like a Kamigawa card.
1: It is a Kamigawa. I mean, it's from the same... Uh, it's from the Kamigawa world, if you read the lore. you serious? Yeah, it's a Moonfolk, same as Moloku.
0: Was there a card in that uh, in Champion's block that was Tamio? I don't think so. But uh now, now that I'm saying it, that name sounds really familiar. I
1: don't you know? I don't
0: think there was. Uh nah, it doesn't look like it. I wonder if it was in the flavor text or something like might have
1: been,
0: uh yeah. like what's her name? The red uh the red bitch that they reprinted. Yeah. I, pardon, pardon my French. I,
1: I read the uh the article the, the per I forget where this card was spoiled, but I read that article and they talked about the lore. And it's
0: so like the idea is that she planes walked or into Edison. In, in
1: uh yeah. Interstrad, yeah, right. because trying to gather knowledge about the plane or whatever, I don't know. But whatever. Weird.
0: Well, you know what we never talked about was the fact that the set after Ravison Restored is the return to Ravnica.
1: Yeah. Are you do you have a boner or what? I have, I have two boners. <laughs> that is awesome. But, I have a multicolored boner right now. Yeah, I have a <laughs> It's gonna be good.
0: <laughs> yeah. <I'm> speechless. <laughs> Multi. uh I just spent a good. Never mind. Uh, does this? I mean, but does this mean like, are we basically just gonna revisit a new or an old set every other year? Like maybe. I mean, that kind of that kind of bugs me a little bit. Like I, it's cool.
1: I don't think so. Actually, I I think that uh, so. Ravnica makes sense. Mirrodin makes sense. Mirrodin makes sense because I feel like the designers of Magic wanted wanted to go back to Mirrodin to get it right. Like I feel like they felt like they fucked up there and wanted to go back and fix their mistakes or whatever in Mirrodin. Uh and then Ravnica makes sense because it's a fan favorite world. So I mean, we have boners for a reason. It's it's, it's true. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not complaining at all. Like if they if they then like to blocks later, we go back to, like, Kamigawa or something, I'll be like, ah, come on. Like, can you guys come up with new stuff? But...
0: But you don't you don't think that they're... I mean, you talked about how they went back to Mirrodin to quote-unquote fix their mistakes. Like, you don't think that they have those regrets about, like, kind of the... I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? The inbred nature of that Champions of Kamigawa set? Uh... You know, like, those, those they've admitted that I I think not. Things like Spirits and Arcane were, like, kind of like, they were awesome for Limited. I'm not going to complain about that, but for constructed purposes, like, they kind of blew it there, because after that, like, when you play that set with other sets, like, they don't really match up. I don't know.
1: I think Mirrodin has a much bigger chip on his shoulder, just because it's, it was the set that, like, kind of destroyed Magic's population. Like, uh, people quit in gigantic amounts in during Mirrodin, and, uh, Like, we didn't actually get the same amount of players we had at the start of Mirrodin until um, Zendikar came out. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, they just... I think that was, like, the set to break magic, and they (laughs) wanted to to say, hey, like, we're not... I don't know. They were just trying to prove a point. I don't know what they were doing. Um, But uh, they also wanted to bring the Phyrexians back and whatever. That's a good way to do it, I guess. All
0: right. It'll be interesting to see if how many more of these kind of revisited sets we're going to get. I'll take a guess
1: and say they'll they'll revisit Dominaria, but that's because, like, half of magic sets are in Dominaria.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right, uh, let's talk about the next card, which is Tandem Lookout. It's a human scout. It's an uncommon. It costs two colorless and a blue uh, for a soul bond to one. And as long as Tandem Lookout is paired with another creature, each of those creatures has, whenever this creature deals damage to an opponent, draw a card. So it makes your it makes the tandem lookout and whatever it's paired with into Aphidians or Thieving Magpies. Yeah. Which is pretty sweet. Latch
1: Seeker, Tandem Lookout.
0: Oh man, that's a combo right there. Hell yeah.
1: No, t- I mean, this the tandem is, Lookout seems insane. Th-
0: this is pretty rad because like the kind of the problem with those like thieving magpie cards is if you can block one of them or if you can remove one of them, the the ability is irrelevant, right? Whereas this is, like, even if you have, like, one blocker, I have two creatures that are Affidians and can both get in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have removal, you unpair them, and then, yeah, that's that's all done with anyway. But, I don't know, the fact that, like, a, a blocker can't really, you need two blockers to stop, stop me from drawing a card, that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, it is cool. All right, the uh, the Man of the Hour, Temporal Mastery. Five colorless, two blue for sorcery. Take an extra turn after this one. Exile, Temporal Mastery. Miracle for a colorless and a blue. Uh, anybody so who's it's, paying attention to spoilers knows this card.
0: Yeah, it's mythic. People think it's going to break older formats that have access to Brainstorm or Sinside's Divining Top or whatever. Yeah,
1: and they may be right. I don't know. Yeah,
0: they they very well might be. I'll probably have to ban this or brainstorm. But uh,
1: it'd be sad if they banned brainstorm, but
0: that's that's what I've kind of heard is that nobody really wants brainstorm banned. Although, so it, like, brainstorm this, is this probably part, too
1: good. But yeah, but it's just everybody loves casting it, you know? Like, who doesn't love casting a brainstorm?
0: That's true. Like, for me personally, like I don't play legacy, but I think. They could ban Brainstorm, and there would be an initial backlash, but the format might become more diverse after that, anyway. So people might end up playing more Legacy or enjoying Legacy more, despite the fact that possibly they they thought that losing Brainstorm was going to ruin it. But
1: I mean, the thing about Brainstorm is, is it's a card that, like, when you cast it, it's like it's really enjoyable. Like, it, it feels great. You're drawing three cards, probably shuffling your library afterwards, getting rid of the chafe, and uh, your opponent like, doesn't feel, like, terrible when you cast it, either. Like, it's not like, uh, It's like, oh, he's brainstorming. Okay. And it doesn't feel like they're, like, drawing three cards, although they kind of are. But, uh, it's just, it's one of those cards that I don't think anybody, like, hates. So, it just seems, like, why why ban it if, if everybody's cool with it? I guess, I mean, you ban it because it's a four of in every blue deck, but, yeah.
0: So, Temporal Mastery, is this the first pick? I mean, I think you're running it every time you're in blue. Yeah, probably. Uh, because, again, like, unless you draw this in your opening hand or on turn one or two, like, you're going to be able to play it for its miracle cost, as long as you don't mess up the
1: trigger. The problem is, with the the miracle thing, is that oh. it forces you to cast Temporal Mastery. Which is fine. I mean, yay, yeah, yeah, I yeah, get another turn. But I mean, do you, do you
0: ever care? No, like, you do care, ver- because...
1: At the very worst, it's just... What, draw another card like what if you draw it on turn three and you didn't play a two drop like it yeah well then it's
0: then it's a, then it's a thing twice
1: but do you even do you even cast it I mean maybe you'd just rather wait till seven when you get a second attack phase
0: Eh, I think you'd probably just cast it and take the the extra land you get to cast and the extra card you get to draw right away oh, like, probably but that alone for two mana is worth it like I'm gonna play an extra I'm gonna be one Land ahead of you now, and I'm going to be one card ahead of you for two mana. Yeah.
1: I will tell you, though, like, playing with Time Walk in the cube, it is not correct to play Time Walk on turn two. No,
0: almost never. Like, you want to get more value out of that. But that said, like, Temporal Mastery is different in the sense that you, if you don't play it right away, you're going to have to pay seven to play it later. Right. And seven, like, you might not make it that far into the game. Right. I I know.
1: Uh, It's just, yeah. It's kind of like, it's definitely a great card, and and I'll probably play it. I, I... I think I would first pick it as well. Yeah,
0: like it seems very, very good. Yeah,
1: probably. Um, I I do have a quick anecdote. Uh, playing Mirrodin, like original Mirrodin uh, online, because it's it's up right now, and uh, my opponent casts a Beacon of Tomorrows against me, and so I'm like, ah, crap! He gets another attack phase, and I'm like, destroying him. I have him dead on the next attack. But he, I was like, okay, well, technically. Like, it doesn't matter because he can attack again and I'm still alive. I'm like, if he got another turn, I'd die. And then, then he he to draws his card it and he plays it again. I was Aww, like, Are you what a fucking beating. kidding me? <laughs> what a beating. Yeah, no. It was pretty humorous and frustrating. But Alright, let's move on to the next card. Wingcrafter. Uh you can you can go with this one, Greg.
0: All right. It's another soul bond creature. It's a one, one human wizard for a single blue mana. It's a common and it's the soul bond that gives flying. So if you pair it with another creature, the Wingcrafter has flying and whatever you pair it with has flying. I think this card is sweet. Yeah. This is like why I like the mechanic in the sense that like a one, one for one with flying, which normally is kind of unplayable. Like now becomes pretty playable in the sense that you can make another one of your monsters flying.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Uh, the, the interesting thing about this is that if it's not paired with anything, it's just a one-one-for-one, one one, which really sucks.
1: Sure, but then, like, you play another creature, and, and then it pairs up, and, and you're all
0: good. Yeah. So, I mean, this card seems good to me, and it might be mm-hmm. kind of the backbone of an aggro deck, in the sense that you play this on turn one, you play some other creature on turn two, you give it flying, and then you're off to the races, but... Yeah. I could It'll that. kind of depend on the rest of the format.
1: Yeah, I like Wingcrafter. I like. I probably will like every Soulbond creature in terms of playability. They're probably all great. Yeah. Uh All
0: right. Let's try and uh, blast through these black cards because none of them really stand out to me. All right.
1: Demonic Taskmaster. This is the only uncommon in the bunch. Uh, two colorless and a black for a 4/3 flying. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice a creature other than Demonic Taskmaster. Uh, I don't know. <laughs>
0: It's, it seems like it. we don't have enough information to say whether this card is going to be good or not.
1: Right. I mean, it, it, it can just be a 3-mana 4-3 flying when you have no other creatures, and it doesn't kill itself. So.
0: That's that's the nice thing about it, is that you never have to sacrifice it to its own ability, but the downside is that if you want to play the other creatures, you're going to be sacrificing them. So you either need like a token generator or just a bunch of other like worthless creatures. I don't know. Yeah, like Cards
1: that like to die, maybe? I don't know.
0: Maybe so. Yeah, we'll, we'll, well, that's a wait and see for me. Yeah. Uh, demon Lord of Ashmouth is a rare. Uh, it's too colorless and too black for a flying demon creature. It's a five four, and when Demon Lord of Ashtomouth enters the battlefield, exile it unless you sacrifice another creature, and it has Undying. So Undying is back.
1: Yeah. They they yeah uh, they brought it back. It's nice. I like it.
0: So and this this is another one where like you have to sacrifice something when it comes into play. This seems a little more manageable than the Taskmaster to me, mm-hmm. particularly because like you sacrifice one creature that sucks, but you get a five four flying and dying for four. Yeah, minutes, you essentially which, get
1: two creatures out of it. So
0: yeah, it's like you don't you net z- zero creatures because you sacrifice one, but the Demon Lord kind of counts as two. Yeah, so That's pretty and good. it's very very efficient. Like I I think most decks would be very happy to. Sacrifice almost anything on the board to run this out of turn four. Yep. Uh Grizzlebrand?
1: Grizzlebrand. Now this is an eight mana spell I can get behind. Uh four black, four colorless, seven seven, flying lifelink, pay seven, draw seven. Seven life, that <laughs> is. Pay seven life to draw seven cards.
0: That card <laughs> this is a reanimator target right oh, here. Oh
1: god, yeah. Oh my god, I I love this card. It's so sexy. I just draw seven cards, lifelink. Uh,
0: the first time I read this card, I was like, I kind of glossed over the lifelink. Like, pay seven life, draw seven cards. Like, yeah, that's really powerful, but you can only really use it once. And then like, I kind of read the card again. I'm like, Oh wait, but every time it hits something, (laughs) you you gain seven. seven life. So like every time you attack, you get to draw seven cards. That
1: seems pretty good. Well, yeah, I mean the turn it comes into play they can't attack you, like unless they're gonna kill you. But if they attack you, they're essentially drawing you seven cards.
0: Yep. It's or, or just gaining you seven or, life, like if you don't yeah, need the cards, totally. like if you just need the life to stay alive. Like, oh man, what a what a card! Yeah, if they're I'm glad to, glad yeah, it costs eight mana. Oh, one hundred percent.
1: Yeah, the people are complaining like, oh, it's a seven-seven pay seven draw seven. It should be seven mana. It's like, well, then it's just way too good yeah it's like no you you need it to cost like the one more mana because like when you get up to those ranges like seven to eight mana is actually like turn 12 to turn 16 you know it's it's yeah. not like the next turn
0: and it's quad black mana which is <laughs> savage yeah like i like it even even the half mana, there's no guarantee that you're gonna have four black mana at any point in the game really yeah. but yeah. Um, let's move on harvester of souls is another demon uh, four colorless and two black for a rare. Five-five death touch. Whenever another non-token creature dies, you may draw a card. I like this card. Yeah, seems fine. I don't... I mean, you probably would first pick it out of some packs, but...
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, don't I, know, I, it. I like... It. it doesn't have evasion. Death touch is nice, but... Not that nice on a five-five.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's going to kill almost anything it interacts with in combat anyway. Yeah. So... The thing is, is, if they like double block it...
1: You, yeah, you definitely to kill the it. It two. Yeah.
0: You kill both, and you draw a bunch of cards. Yeah. So, yeah. Nothing bad about uh, that. Let's go to the next card.
1: Killing Wave. Uh, X and a black. Sorcery. For each creature, its controller sacrifices it unless he or she pays X life. Uh, it's a weird damnation variant. Yeah, I don't like this card at all. Um, It's like... So if you don't have creatures out and they're beating you down and you pay uh, X equals four or something, it's like, they're like, okay, I guess I'll let two of my guys die and and keep two of my guys and I'll, I'll keep killing you. Or if you have creatures out, then you have to all of a sudden start paying life. It's like, I don't know. I just don't like the card.
0: Yeah. It seems like the game states where this card is going to be good are going to be very few and far between. Uh, it might be, like, it It seems more like a constructed card to deal with, like, token strategies where you'd be like, okay, I'm going to play Killing Wave for three, you know? Yeah, and they're like, like, it's like okay, I guess I'm just
1: losing everything. Cause
0: yeah, yeah, I guess you're just wrathing my board. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not super stoked on it for limited. That said, it might be better than I'm giving it credit for. I, I kind of want
1: to play with it first. Maybe, yeah. Let's, let's get into red. Let's do it. Bonfire. How about the hand? Another X spell. Yeah. X,
0: X, Red. So double X in the casting cost. It's a Mythic Rare, it's a Sorcery. Bonfire of the deon deals X damage to target player, and each creature he or she controls, Miracle, X, and Red. What?
1: Yeah, first pick, first pack, every time, guaranteed.
0: Yeah, this card is bananas.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's just it, wrath and and fireball in the same card. It,
0: Not even wrath, it's it's flame wave. Yeah. I'm gonna kill all of your dudes. Yeah. Like even if you have to like let's let's say you don't get to miracle this. Like who cares? Yeah, you can pay five mana to deal two damage to target player and each creature he or she controls yeah. for five four colors in a red. Yeah. Like
1: Yeah, you get a and if you
0: if you miracle it when you have five mana, then it's Four damage. Game over. Wow, that card is really good.
1: Yeah, very similar to, uh, there was a card in, Sh- uh, was it Alara Reborn that was uh, an X spell that cost Jund mana and X?
0: Lava Lanch. Lava
1: Lynch, similar to that guy. Yeah. That card was nuts. Which,
0: uh, that card was also a very easy first pick. Yeah. Uh, Reforge the Soul.
1: Yeah, we got uh, three colorless, two red for each player discards his or her hand and draws seven cards. Uh, miracle for one colorless and a red. Um, for those of you old school players, this is a Wheel of Fortune.
0: It's a rare sorcery.
1: Uh-huh. Um, we, I mean, back a long time ago, um, Wheel of Fortune was was really, really, really powerful because... Fueled a lot of combos and and stuff like that. It only costs three mana instead of five like this, but the miracle on this only costs two.
0: Yeah, the what made Wheel of Fortune good was the fact that you could dump your hand. Like you can play out a bunch of like small creatures and then cast it before your opponent like could play as much as you, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then they would discard more cards and you'd each drop seven. Right. So there there's some card advantage to be had there if you can make the game state work out for you. Right.
1: Or or it would just be like a three mana draw seven on the turn that you're going to win because you have like a shitload of mana and you're just digging your deck for your kill combo condition or whatever.
0: Yeah. It's definitely more of a constructed, like you can abuse it more constructed than you can unlimited, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. I, th- but, I feel like if you build the deck around this card, this card's really good.
0: Yeah. I just had, I don't know. They've printed effects similar to this Unlimited recently, and I've never been too impressed.
1: Yeah, they did uh, the Time Twister reprint, uh, Time something. I don't remember what it was called. But it was in a core set, and it sucked. (laughs) But I think that costs, like, six mana or something. It costs six, yeah.
0: This only costs two for the Miracle. I think, yeah, like, if you're paying five for this effect, it's probably not that good, yeah. unless your opponent still has a bunch of cards in hand for some reason. Right. But, I don't know, there there could be some applications. Uh, let's go on to Stone Rite, which is uh, one red mana for a human shaman creature. It's a uh, 1-1. One, one. It's an uncommon. It has soul bond, and it gives... Paired creatures in itself, fire breathing, which is pay a red. This creature gets plus one, plus seven until end of turn.
1: Yeah, uh, this is probably the worst of the soul bond creatures. I think still playable though.
0: Yeah, the fact that this is an uncommon makes me think that it's better than it looks. Probably. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that again, it's it's kind of like the Ophidian one or the the Thieving Magpie Blue one, where fire breathing is kind of shitty in the first place because if they can remove that one creature or if they can just kind of block and trade with that one creature, it's not a big deal. But if you have two creatures with Fire Breathing and you attack... Yeah, one's getting through. You have you have the option to pump either one. So if one of them gets through, you can pump that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, it seems, seems fine. I don't know how good it yeah, is, though. Yeah, if you're
1: playing a bunch of angels to fly, giving one of them Fire Breathing is probably pretty sweet. But
0: Yep. This is also like this seems really good with the just the one one flying soul bond.
1: Yeah. Just pair these two together right away.
0: Yeah, get a couple one one flying fire breathers. Wait,
1: does that work though? Sure. Because you can't you can't be paired if you're already paired. Yeah, but they're paired with each other. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I was just thinking that there were two different pairings going on, but it's just still just the one pairing. Got it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the best you can hope for, like banding style, is to pair, pair two Solvon creatures together mm-hmm. so that they both get each ability. Two, but, two Voltrons. Yep, double Voltron. Uh, let's go...
1: Thunderous Wrath. Uh, four colorless, two red for an instant. Uh, Thunderous Wrath deals five damage to target creature or player. This is an uncommon. and It has Miracle for one red.
0: This was the first Miracle card they spoiled, so we're probably not breaking any new ground with anybody who's been paying attention, but this card will be very, very good and limited. Yeah, it seems
1: pretty So Even for six mana, this is not a bad effect. So. It's quite a good effect. Yeah. I mean, a Lava Axe or a removal spell is sweet um, for six mana. It's totally... I will pay that every day of the week.
0: This is one where I'm a little more inclined to admit that there will be game states where you will not want to pay the Miracle Cost when you draw this. Mm-hmm. Like because it's an instant, and because like you could use it in combat to like mess up a double block or something like that. Like you got to be really, and this is interesting. Like you have to be really careful when you draw a card or, or, or look at your first drawn card for the turn, and not to hesitate too long. Like you don't want to tank on whether or not you're gonna miracle something, sure. unless you do it every draw step. Because if like <laughs> you just like if you draw your card for the turn, you look at it. You put it in your hand, like, a second later, and you do that three turns in a row. And then on the fourth turn, you draw a card, you look at the board, you look at the, the card, you look at the board, like, you tank for a minute, and then you're like, I will put this into my hand. And then it's like, okay, he just drew a miracle card. Like, he's playing red. Like, what could it be? Okay, he's going to try to blow me out with a thunderous wrath.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, but then don't don't play like every card you draw you think about before you put it in your hand i'm gonna call a fucking judge on your ass because that is too slow i'm sorry
0: well i mean but what i'm really getting at is do you think the default on most of these cards should just be pay the miracle cost right away
1: no i don't i I, you don't think that should be your default
0: no i think i kind of think it should be
1: i mean it it totally depends on the force if you have six mana already i definitely don't think that's the case yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I it, it's going to be like this is these miracle cards make me want to watch my opponents more, like how they draw their cards and how long they take looking at them and all that. It's going to like I don't know if it's going to slow games down necessarily, but it, you can gain some extra information there.
1: I think that's cool. I like that about it.
0: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's like the best players are going to be able to know like okay, I have Thunderous wrath in my deck. If I draw it next turn and I go to Miracle
1: it... Think about it before you draw your card. Right.
0: So that's... Yeah, like maybe go upkeep or, say, maybe tank a little bit on their end step. Yeah. And kind of survey the board then, but I don't know. Totally. Let's get to Planeswalker number two. Tybalt, the Fiend Blooded. It's our first ever two-mana Planeswalker. It costs double red. Uh, First... And it comes in with two Loyalty. Starting Loyalty is two... First ability is plus one, draw a card, then discard a card at random. Mm-hmm. Second ability is minus four, Tybalt, the fiend blooded, deals damage, equal to the number of cards in target player's hand to that player. Third ability is minus six, gain control of all creatures until end of turn, untap them, they gain haste until end of turn. How good is this guy in limited?
1: Not very, I think.
0: Yeah, uh, I, in the first ability, like, first of all, he can't protect himself whatsoever. Right. Second of all, as soon as you play him, you have to plus one him twice before you can do anything else with him. Yeah. Which means you're going to draw a card and then discard a card at random. Yes. Uh, and that's assuming he lives. Now, the upside on this guy is that because he <laughs> looks so bad on the surface, like, especially for limited play, like, you might just not even have to worry about protecting it because it totally. looks so innocuous.
1: I mean, but the minus six is pretty, pretty beady. I mean, they probably won't allow that to happen if they can stop it.
0: Sure. But I mean, like, would you play a two red, like, enchantment that just let you draw a card and then discard a card at random once
1: a turn? No. Yeah, I don't know if I would either. Well, what it doesn't, it's not doing anything for you. I mean, that's, okay. If this was printed in Innistrad, that's a totally different thing. You, right, with flashback. Flashback is huge. And, yeah, the fact that this set is not going to have flashback makes me really sad that this guy's in this format. Like, I don't know, it's kind of silly. Like, why is... It seems like a constructed-only card to me. Yeah, and uh, I, it'll probably make some pretty cool constructed decks, but unfortunately we're not going to be wanting to play it in Limited all that much. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Mm-hmm. We got a Vexing Devil, uh, one red for a 4-3. Uh, wow, when ve- there must not be any drawback on that card. When Vexing Devil enters the battlefield, any opponent may have it deal four damage to him or her. If a player does, sacrifice Vexing Devil. Um, so, one better than a Lava Spike. In,
0: yeah, in limited. And that's essentially what it's going to be in limited. Like, I can't, unless there's your no opponent way. is at
1: four or less. Yeah, there's uh, no yeah. way you're giving them a four three. Like, you're going to take that damage.
0: You're just going to take four? Yeah.
1: And do you play that
0: in red in limited?
1: Depending on my deck, probably.
0: The thing is, is he's a great late game play. Because if you've got your opponent down to eight, yeah. and you still have some, some at least mild pressure on your opponent, yeah. and you cast this, it's like... Yeah, it's a, it's
1: that's a pretty tough good. One, yeah, yeah. I I, th- I think that this card will be good.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's first pick necessarily, no. but I do think that if you're in red, you'll probably play it. Right. I, I could be wrong. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, next card is Zealous Conscripts. It costs four colorless and a red. It's a rare. It's a human warrior creature, three three haste. When Zealous Conscripts enters the battlefield, untap tap target permanent and gain control of it until end of turn. It gains haste until it's turned. So, a uh, threatened effect attached to a three-three haste. Where do I sign? Yeah, like, yeah, that's insane. I love. I love that it gets a permanent and not just a creature. That is really sweet. Yeah. Like, you could steal a planeswalker with this. <laughs> An it. Steal it. <laughs> that would be. Oh my god, that is living the tree. Like, yeah. You let your opponent get their their planeswalker just up to ultimate. <laughs> and steal it status and then you're like yeah i'll take that and blow it up and i win (laughs) yeah
1: yeah now i mean in the general way you're gonna play this is to steal their biggest dude and get a 3-3 haste on your own side which can probably attack in for profit so it's gonna be sweet
0: yeah 3-3 is usually pretty big and limited uh with all the angels and like other large demon and whatnot creatures, this card seems very powerful to me. Yeah, I agree. Just based upon the few cards that have been spoiled already. Yep. Let's get into green.
1: Crater Hoof Behemoth. Five colorless and three green for 5-5 five five beast. It has haste. This is a mythic. Uh, when Crater Hoof Behemoth enters the battlefield, creatures you control gain trample and plus X plus X, where X is the number of creatures you control.
0: So they're all about just printing spells on haste creatures in this format. Is that what we can gather from the last two cards? I guess
1: so. Uh, I mean, this is an eight mana spell that will end the game when you cast it. I mean, that's just yeah. I, I can't imagine not losing after you cast this card. I mean, he
0: entered. He he is a he's a six six attacker with trample on the turn you cast him. At the very worst. Yeah. I mean, for eight mana, that's not quite good enough. No. But if you have two other creatures, then he's a 7-7 seven, seven,
1: No, he's an 8-8 with two other creatures.
0: Oh, right, right. And then all your other creatures also get plus, plus 3, plus 3. Plus, yeah. It's an overrun. Yeah. Like, wow, that card is powerful.
1: Yeah, I mean, it costs eight mana, but...
0: I really hope this format is slow enough to the point where we get to cast these spells, but...
1: Yeah, I I mean, I. it looks like it's a cycle. Uh, so we'll probably see an eight mana blue guy and an eight mana red guy as well.
0: Yep. Uh, the next card is Descendant's Path. It's an enchantment. It costs two colorless and green. It's a green, and it's rare. At the beginning of your upkeep, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card that shares a creature type with a creature you control, you can cast this card without paying its mana cost. Otherwise, put it at the bottom of your library. So the way I read this is you reveal the top card of your library at the beginning of your upkeep. If it's a creature card, you can either put it into play or put it at the bottom of your library. Otherwise
1: you draw the card. Uh, not if it's a creature. It has to share creature type with a card you already have. Okay, sure, right. I,
0: I kinda glossed that over. That's a, that's very important actually. <laughs> yeah. So do you can you build around this card, you think?
1: Maybe. Uh, it reminds me a lot of that blue enchantment in uh, Dark Ascension, the like Call of the Kindred. Yeah, Call of the Kindred. Probably not playable. The, fa- yeah. the fact that that is a kind of a tribal set and I've never seen that card cast makes me think that this one is probably the same way. That one was I also, a creature enchantment. So it's,
0: yeah, I hate that this is, like, that you have to reveal the card. Like, I hate giving my opponent information, like, because if you don't draw a creature, then it's like, oh, I just drew this removal spell. Now you know I have it. No, like, I, you, you
1: put it on the bottom of your library.
0: I thought the, that was only for if you don't cast the creature.
1: Uh... Oh, maybe you're right. Oh, okay, I don't know.
0: <laughs> That's yeah, the wording of it's a little confusing, but the way I read it was that if it's a spell you still draw it. Like this card really sucks if every spell you draw goes to the bottom of your library. Well, then this card is
1: then you draw a, a card solution.
0: after that. Oh, uh, I guess you're right. So it's yeah, maybe it still works then. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Okay, so yeah, then my argument about giving my opponent information is irrelevant if that's the case. I, I hope that's the case. then.
1: Yeah, I don't know how it plays. I'm not sure. But So, uh, next card? Uh, yeah, Druid's Repository. We got a colorless and two green for an enchantment. Um, this is a rare again. Whenever a creature you control attacks, put a charge counter on Druid's Repository, remove a charge counter, add one man of any color to your mana pool. This card is poopy.
0: Yeah, it seems bad for Limited, particularly. It's
1: probably bad for Constructed, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of stupid things you could do with this, plus, like, a bunch of tokens, but even that, it's like, okay, so now I have a bunch of tokens and a bunch of mana. <clears throat> if I have a bunch of tokens, I'm probably already winning. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the next card is an uncommon. It's called Howlgeist. It costs five colors and a green. It's a Spirit Wolf. It's a 4-2. Creatures with power less than Guy's power can't block it. Undying. This card is sweet. It's a
1: balmy, balmy dude for an uncommon. I mean,
0: if it didn't have Undying, I would not say that this card is very good. But considering the fact that it does, it is very good.
1: Yes, it's uh, very similar to our 4-1 Undying Vampire. uh, Forget the name of it. In the current set.
0: Yeah, Near Hit Stalker. Near hit
1: stalker. But for Except it's for one more mana, yeah, for one more mana it's unblockable. So and you
0: get an extra point of toughness. Yeah,
1: pretty good deal. Yeah. What's next? Joint Assault. Target creature gets plus it's instant green. Uh target creature gets plus 2 plus 2 until end of turn. If it's paired with a creature, that creature also gets plus 2 plus 2 until end of turn. Pump spell. Pump spell, good with soul bond, bad without. Sweet. I mean, it's just a pump spell without. Yeah, a bad pump spell though. Just plus oh, just yeah. plus I mean, two plus two for one green. I've done better.
0: <laughs> you can always do better, but I mean you've also ran that card before. Sure. You know? Sure. Sure. So uh that was a common. This next card is also a common. It's called Nightshade Peddler. One colorless and one green for a one one human druid. Uh, soul bond and the the paired creature with nightshade peddler gets death touch so
1: yeah seems fine I like this guy he's uh yeah sweet for the like slow dirtily decks that uh, you're just dropping your crappy dudes to start and you just trade with anything and then uh, by the time you get up to your mana you know you got uh, your your big old cool spells that you get to cast and you've survived since you've traded with every creature you've blocked
0: yeah, you know what's better than a Typhoid Rats?
1: No. Two Typhoid Rats. <laughs> ah, See what I did
0: there? I do. Uh, Revenge of the Hunted?
1: Yeah, we got uh, four colorless and two green sorcery. Uh, this is uh, rare again. Um, until end of turn, target creature gets plus six, plus six, and gains trample, and all creatures able to block it do so. Um, and it has a miracle cost for one green. This is playable.
0: I think this card is good, not just playable.
1: Uh, I'm not sold on it, but it seems pretty good. Like, it's a removal spell for green.
0: Yeah, assuming they have untapped dudes. Yeah. Creatures that are able to block. Right. Otherwise... That said, it's also just plus six, plus six, and trample to, like... You can put that on a flyer, and it's awesome. Yeah.
1: Good. I mean, this will be a... Ridiculous blowout, like a turn four miracle, like just wow! It'll
0: yeah wreck your wreck your board and deal you some damage. Yeah, it'll. I think this card is like it's very similar to Vexing Devil in its worst iteration, which is I'm just going to get you for an extra six or something. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean that's like the worst case scenario for this card. Like I think this card is much better than Vexing Devil.
1: Okay, yeah, I can see that.
0: So. And we said we were going to play Vexing Devil if we were in red. Like,
1: yeah, probably. I'm definitely this.
0: playing this if I'm playing green. Yeah. All
1: right. Uh, let's get on to the multicolor.
0: So we've got three angels. They're all mythics. They all cost double white plus one of another color and some colorless mana. Yep. Why don't you start with Bruna, the Light of Alabaster? Bruna.
1: Uh, three colorless, two white, and a blue. Um, these are all mythics as well. Yeah. Um, 5-5 five, five Flying Vigilance. Uh, whenever Bruna uh, attacks or blocks, you may attach to it any number of auras on the battlefield, and you may put onto the battlefield attached to it any number of aura cards that could enchant it from your graveyard or your hand. Give me all your auras. I want all of the auras. Uh, probably not Probably not uh, going to be doing much of that in Limited. Probably just a 5-5 five, five <laughs> Flying Vigilance for 6. Can't complain.
0: Bruna's Barbecue. <laughs> uh, the next card is Gisela Blade of God Knight. Gold Knight. Gold Knight. This is a secular set, apparently. Gold Knight. Uh, golden Anniversary. <laughs> She's a, a legendary creature. She's an angel. She costs four colorless, a red, and two white. Flying first strike, 5-5. Five, five. If a source would deal damage to an opponent or a permanent an opponent controls that source deals double that damage to that player or permanent instead. If a source would deal damage to you or a permanent you control, prevent half that damage rounded up. So
1: (laughs) The text on this one is much more relevant than the text on the last one.
0: Yeah, so it basically halves the damage that would be dealt to you or your permanence, and it doubles the damage that would be dealt to your opponent and his or her permanence. And he's a or she's a first strike flying creature, so like <laughs> she deals ten damage when she hits you yeah. with 1st ten, like, ten strike damage. First, yeah, with first strike.
1: Yeah, this is. I want I, uh, I want to stick this card on the battlefield very badly. Yeah, this is the bomb a bomb of the highest caliber.
0: Yeah, I don't envision many scenarios where you won't first pick this card, even though it does cost seven mana, like. Yeah, it's it's
1: it's it's,
0: a, it's not it's not eight mana. It's
1: an army of the damned situation here. Yeah, and it just wins the game probably. Yeah, they can remove it, but they can. It also protects but, you the turn it comes into play, which is insane.
0: Yeah, because even if like you can only block one of their attackers, you still prevent half the damage to all to you and all your stuff like from anything else that gets through. Yeah. This card is bonkers. Yep. I really hope I don't have to play against it very often.
1: Sigarda, host of Herons. Uh, I expect Herons to be blue, but I guess...
0: Yeah, so do I.
1: Uh, Two colorless, a green and two white, uh, 5-5. Flying Hexproof. Spells and abilities your opponents control can't cause you to sacrifice permanence. Uh, I haven't seen any sacrificing stuff except sacrifice your own stuff.
0: It's just, like, a better Hexproof creature. It's, like, it has Hexproof, and if you have, like, a Tribute to Hunger, you still can't kill it, you know?
1: Yeah, I think that's probably not going to be that relevant to Limited,
0: but... It's not. I think it's just kind of a nod at the fact that it's, like, got super Hexproof, you know? Yeah, 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 I like that.
1: Uh, It's also Like, the only way to
0: kill it is with mass removal.
1: It's also a nice little, uh, I mean, just for random formats where, uh, maybe somebody's attacking you with some Eldrazi, you can, uh... Just not sack stuff to it.
0: Yeah, Emrakul cool sideboard tech.
1: Emrakul's still killing you. Pretty All sure you right. lose
0: <laughs> Yeah, probably. All right. All right. Artifacts. Yeah. First one is an uncommon. It's called Angel's Tomb. Costs three colorless. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may have Angel's Tomb become a 3-3 white angel artifact creature with flying until end of turn. This card is good. Yes. Uh... There was a card in Ravnica called Halcyon Glaze, Halcyon Glaze yeah. which was very similar. It was a blue enchantment that became a four four flyer every time you cast a creature. And that card was great real good. Yeah. This card is cheaper and smaller and colorless. Uh so it'll be about it's very as good playable. As, my guess. Yeah. If not I mean maybe a little bit worse because not as big. It's a four four. Yeah, it's not as big, but at the same time any deck can play it, so yeah. I think we're going
1: to take this card pretty highly. Yep. Uh, moon Silver Spear, four colorless for our first equipment. Uh, it equips for four, and equipped creature has first strike. Whenever equipped creature attacks, put a four-four White Angel token with flying onto the battlefield. Um, I think everybody who reads that is like, "Oh, guys, this ain't draft." But yep. uh, that's true, and. Probably good enough because Geist of Saint Traft is a beating when it attacks.
0: Well, and Geist of Saint Traft makes the angel go away after combat, this card does
1: not. Holy shit, I did not read that. <laughs> As in, I read that <laughs> in my head, but that did not happen. Okay.
0: Yeah, so the angel sticks around with the Moonstone Spear. Oh, Spirit. wow. What?
1: I did not even notice.
0: I think this is another card that even though it's expensive and clunky, you're probably going to first pick it and play it every time.
1: Yeah, that's nuts. I, I thought it went
0: away. Okay. Well, and the, the greatest thing about this is, like, also, unlike guys of Saint Shraft, it grants the creature First Strike, so it's going to be a lot harder to kill the attacking creature. Yeah. Like, if it has any semblance of power, like, if it has three power or more, even two power, like, takes away a lot of, like, what can block it mm-hmm. profitably. So...
1: Angel yeah, Legends. Yeah,
0: Angel Legions is very good. Uh, the last non-basic land card we have is a land. It's called Desolate Lighthouse. It's a rare. Uh, it kind of continues the cycle of like rare lands that have abilities. You can tap for a colorless. You can also tap a colorless, a blue, a red, and tap Desolate Lighthouse to draw a card and then discard a card. Yeah. This card seems very good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, I'm going to have a land that can loot for me. Like, I understand that you're paying, essentially, you're tapping four lands to do it, but... Who cares? Late in the game, like, yeah, that could be just a total blowout. Yeah, this card is great. Uh, the, the tricky thing about it, though, is that, like, a lot of times you want to be discarding lands when you loot, and with the Desolate Lighthouse, you kind of want to play out your lands so that you can loot and cast things on the same turn. Yeah, I mean... It's it's he, fine
1: to just spend a turn looting if that's what you have to do.
0: Yeah, especially if it gets rid of that land in your hand. So yeah, yeah this card is awesome.
1: Uh, so how many more of last, these cycles do we have? We have white red. Is there a there's a black green one? There's a white black one. Is there a blue green one yet? Nope. Okay, so we're waiting for blue green and red white. So I want yeah. What else see. Su- be? I'm assuming we'll get those in the set. Oh, I would. There's gotta. Be. I mean, it's gotta be right. They've done one for every other color combo. Yeah, but I don't know.
0: The last cards on the list are plains, island, swamp, mountain, and forest. Those cards all suck. You'll never play them.
1: That's probably doubtful,
0: but yeah,
1: don't, don't <laughs> pick them highly.
0: Don't. Yeah, definitely don't pick them highly unless they're foil and you are one of those type of quasi rare drafters.
1: Yeah, that's not a good call. But no,
0: no. all right. Uh, Let's wrap it up.
1: Yeah, that was uh, quite the uh, the amount of spoilers. Uh, we got plenty more to go in the future.
0: Yep. Uh, don't forget to email in about the uh, the East West Draftcast mailbag. I want to try to do that soon. Hopefully, listeners are brave enough to uh, send us some questions because I think it could be a lot of fun. Yeah. And if you want to do that, our email address is eastwestdraftcast at gmail dot com. You can also send questions to us on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle, Jeff?
1: Jeff E W
0: D C. What's my Twitter handle, Jeff?
1: Yours or the podcast one? <laughs> I I'm not going to ask again. Okay, I uh, I believe it's E W Draftcast.
0: That is correct. Um, I do have a personal Twitter, and that's at Greg Sauce, but I mostly just talk about sports on that one, so not so relevant to Magic: The Gathering. Yeah. Uh, you can look us up on Facebook and. If you want to post questions on there for the mailbag, that works too. Uh, search up East West Draftcast on Facebook. Uh, you can also go to our website, eastwestdraftcast.com, and there's a lot of information on there about the podcast. Uh, as always, we're on we're posting on MTGcast. You can post questions in the comments there too.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, uh, that was a good podcast. Do you have anything extra to add?
0: Um... Yeah, I'm just going to say for Randard, we got to ban Memory Jar and Dreamalls. That is all.
1: All right, I will agree with that. Um,
0: Draftcast out. Once there was a way
1: To get back home Once there was a way To get back home Pretty darling, do not cry And I will sing a lullaby